Is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the Big Show, brought to you by Big O. Big thanks to our title sponsor, Big O Tires. Uh, and auto repair, of course, uh, they can be an unexpected expense. That's why they offer no credit needed financing with pay nothing today options. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We're going to talk to Ben Maller coming up here momentarily. He does overnights on Fox Sports Radio. We'll get to his thoughts. We'll, we'll kind of keep the discussion NBA related, but uh, I think Ben covers it all on his show. So we really can throw whatever at him. Okay, let's do it then. I can see you cooking up a curveball now. No, I just, you know, it's fun to talk to somebody you can lob, lob everything at. Yeah, no doubt. All right, out to the Zone phone we go. You can hear them right here on these airways, part of the Zone Sports Network on Fox Sports Radio from midnight to 4 a.m. He is Ben Maller with us here on The Big Show. Ben, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I thank you guys for letting me have a hostile takeover every night on the airwaves here. Thank you. <laughs> hey, I, I, I've got to tell you, as you know, of course, in this business, sometimes you work some weird hours, you know, doing post games and all those uh, all those sorts of things. So i got to tell you, you've kept me company on many uh, uh, a drive home at night, and uh, we're big fans around here. So we appreciate Well, that. I appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, we have some interesting cats to call up in the middle of the night. That That's is a I'll fact. Say. Well, <laughs> yeah, but you got you to understand that Jake is a lonely man, you know. And so, hey, I listen hey, to a lot of sports radio. <laughs> I think there's help. You can get help for that, Jake. I, I, I know. I need it. Uh, ben, let's start out. With, let's talk some NBA. Uh, of course, uh, the Jazz, uh, as you know, a big deal around here. First place in the West, at least for now. Tough loss last night against Golden State. But give us kind of a nutshell, your thoughts on the Utah Jazz and uh, being a, a contender for the title. Well, so my perspective on the Jazz, guys, I, I think – Great regular season. There's nothing you can really nitpick, and I love to nitpick. We all love to nitpick in sports radio, but there's nothing you really nitpick about the Jazz in the regular season. The problem is they haven't proven anything, and, and this and we're reminded every year when the postseason comes around, it's a totally different ecosystem, and the games are played with a little more intensity. The, the big thing is also the officiating seems a lot different in key moments in the NBA playoffs, and we also see guys choke. Uh, so I'm a pessimist. Now, I do think the Jazz, uh, because of the regular season, I have them up near the, the Clippers, for example, my, my big board. Uh, but I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. My main point of contention, guys, is Donovan Mitchell. Like, you look at the Jazz at the end of games. Like Most of these games are close in the playoffs. Who's going to be the guy to step up? It's really got to be uh, Donovan at the end of those games there. And I'm a skeptic. So he's he's had a good regular season and all that, but I've seen sporadic moments in the playoffs. So that's my my jazz breakdown in a nutshell. What do you think of Rudy Gobert? I like Rudy Gobert, but I think in the playoffs, that style, I don't know how, how effective that's going to be because you know, he is limited. He's very good right around the rim, as we've seen with the, you know, the jazz over the years, but he doesn't really have any game outside of a few feet. And so there's ways you can play the Jazz that really uh, expose uh, Rudy Gobert, I think. But we'll find out. I mean, listen, the, the Jazz, if you look at the Western Conference, 
it's generally a, a war of attrition, and the, the Jazz are healthier than most of the other teams, so that's an advantage in their in their favor. What do you think about the Suns? You put them in the same category as the Jazz? No, I actually don't. I, I downgrade the Suns, and uh, now I, I admit this is a little neurosis. I'm a Clipper apologist, and uh, Chris Paul is the guy. I've seen this guy puke before in the playoffs with the Clippers, and uh, I just don't trust. Him. He's got to be the rock of Gibraltar, and and you guys know how this goes. Generally, there's a cadence. There's you got to pay your dues in the NBA playoffs, and that core, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, uh, those guys are good, and they played well, and the Suns obviously are, have been right there at the very top of the Western Conference all year. I just don't buy that they're going to put it all together in the playoffs, and uh, so I I have the Suns down a little bit in uh, in my a meticulous grading system of the Western Conference. So essentially what you're saying is you've got to see it to believe it. If they do it uh, once, then maybe you would believe that they'll do it again. But until then, you're going to reserve judgment or you're going to reserve praise anyway. Well, yeah, and, and plus my, my main thing is like with Chris Paul. I, I saw this guy. I was at a game against the, the Clip When he was playing for the Clippers, they played the Rockets. It was I think it was game six of a playoff series. And uh, they just completely gagged the 15-point lead uh, away. And a lot of that was Chris Paul and just not making plays. And uh, so I don't trust him, and I'm not, I'm not convinced on those other guys. So you know, not that the Suns have not had a wonderful regular season also, but as we talked about with the Jazz, you know, in the playoffs in general, it's a, it's a totally different animal. Ben Maller is with us from Fox Sports Radio. Ben, do the Lakers get healthier or get it together in time to make a playoff run, or do we just not know? Well, if you gave me a thousand bucks and said, "All right, you got to bet on the Lakers to win the championship or not win the championship," I'd obviously bet on them not winning the championship. I am surrounded, guys, by myopic Laker uh, historians who are convinced <laughs> that everything is going to come together like Voltron for the Lakers once the playoffs start. And I think you want to play the Lakers. Uh, in the playoffs, uh, you know, who knows? They're going to be in the play-in round, it would appear. We're in the last week now. So it looks like they're going to be in the play-in round, barring a miracle turn of events here. So for the, for the narrow-minded, it, it's, it's, as we said, the healthiest team. It's my belief, the healthiest team that wins. And if you look at the Lakers, LeBron James is 36. He's got a really messed up ankle. He was supposed to come back and play tonight against the Knicks. He's not going to do that. The ankle's not right. It likely will not be right. Uh, until next season. And Anthony Davis is the living embodiment of Humpty Dumpty. So uh, you, you want to play the, the Lakers because those other guys were, have been exposed here over the last couple of months when they've had to step up with LeBron Hurt and Anthony Davis. You know, spoiler alert, they're not that good. Uh, you know, nor would you expect them to be that good as backup guys. So, no, I think the team you would like to play early is the Lakers because you got LeBron dinged up and Anthony Davis and like if you're a team like the Jazz, for example, you or the Clippers, you want to play them early and then force LeBron and Anthony Davis to have to make plays because those guys are fragile. So, Ben, if the Jazz did play the Lakers, uh, would you pick the Jazz? Well, you you do know I'm a, a historic Laker hater, so of course I would pick the Jazz <laughs> in that in, in that series. But but no, listen, I think the Jazz. Uh, if you. I have to see Donovan Mitchell. That's the thing, as I said, that's the thing that scares me about the Jets, that final couple of minutes, crunch time, who's going to rise up. And you know, maybe it's, it's, it's Conley. I mean, it could be somebody else. But I, it, to me, it's got to be uh, Spider Mitchell. He's got to be the guy that does it at the end of those games. 
Ben, switching gears uh, just a little bit, uh, we were talking before you came on the show that you, of course, cover it all on your show so we can uh, hit a few different things with you. But uh, give us your thoughts on Zach Wilson and his kind of meteoric uh, rise uh, this year at BYU and getting taken by the Jets. Well, it's a blessing and a curse, right? It's a blessing because you, you're going to make all that money as the number two pick, and the curse is you have to play for the Jets, which is uh, which is a nightmare. But, no, was, I, I, I didn't see too much of Zach Wilson. I've, saw, I've seen a lot of highlights, and uh, obviously we all, before the draft, read a bunch of scouting reports. And uh, but by the sounds of it and what I saw, I mean, it certainly looks like the type of quarterback I like as far as accuracy and whatnot in the NFL. Uh, but you know, I hope I hope he, he's prepared, guys, because the 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 Jets and the Jets fan base they, they will eat him alive. He's he's really got to get off to a good start because if he he comes out of the gates and you say, well, you can have a slow beginning, but there's no other backup quarterback. He's going to be the guy from day one, which I think is good. I think you can throw these guys out there. I believe in the sink and swim uh, mantra for for young quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, but he's got a he's got a brass ring opportunity. I mean, this is a great opportunity for him that he, he's going to play right away. But it's not completely great because he's got to play for the Jets, and there's a history of uh, debacles at quarterback there. And where are you on the Aaron Rodgers saga? I hope it never ends. I, I get <laughs> content every night, guys. I get to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it's wonderful. I love that he's having a public hissy fit. And the great thing about it for guys like us that do sports radio is it plays out on, you know, we get updates every day. Like Aaron Rodgers is feeding stuff to his buddies in the NFL media. The Packers are feeding stories to their, uh, their friends in the media. And so like we, which like back and forth dueling pianos here every day, there's a new update on this, that, or the other thing with Aaron Rodgers. I do think this is the rare and appropriate exception to the rule where if Aaron Rodgers is really, uh, you know, chapped at the Packers, if this is not being embellished, but I don't think it is, then he has the muscle to get traded where some of these other guys don't have the cachet that Aaron Rodgers has. So this is, this is to me, this one's different. And, you know, and the Packers have a weird setup, as you guys know, with their community-owned team. It's not the normal – uh, set up where you have the, you know, the face of the franchise and ownership. They're not like that. They, they have a, they have a different, different cadence there in green Bay. But I think if Rogers is really hell bent and getting out of Wisconsin, he will be playing somewhere else. He might be playing for the, 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 uh, the team in Washington though, which he might not want. So that part of it's up in the air. So uh, is Tim Tebow hurting for money or what? Does he need the dough? No, he's hurting for something more important than money. Attention, all right? That's much more important than money. Tebow's got money. He's made a lot of money. And, uh, you know, he just wants, he doesn't want to give it up, right? You don't, want to, you, you don't want to give the uniform up, the spotlight, the limelight, and all that. I thought you got that on television, though. I thought when you did TV, you got a lot of attention and people uh, celebrating you and all that. Uh, but, hey, I, the guy wants to play, and this is the, the most important lesson. I, I did uh, some rants about this over the last couple of days about Tim Tebow is uh, it, it's a reminder that in life it's not really how good you are or you know, how much education you have. It's who you know, really. And Urban Meyer, I mean, Urban Meyer is his neighbor in Jacksonville, the coach. Uh, so there's a, there's a kinship there between these two guys going back to the Florida Gator days. And, and he's willing to take a minimum contract and play tight end. And, and now he's ruffling the feathers. All these guys getting all upset around the NFL. Uh, I see these little – chirping comments because they're not happy that Tebow's coming back. It is an odd story, right? You don't usually take almost a decade off from from a regular season NFL game and come back. He's he's getting special treatment, 
but he knows people. That's how it works. Ben, where are you on the Bob Baffert situation? You know, he uh, he had his fifth uh, medical violation in the last 13 months. Obviously, he's Kentucky Derby winning horse. Uh, now uh, that's in jeopardy. And he said that his horse had never had the steroid uh, that was uh, found in the testing. And now today he says, oops, yeah, uh, they, that was applied for soreness or whatever, some sort of ointment of some kind. Is this guy just a flat-out cheater? And do you, how prevalent do you think cheating is across all walks of life in sports? Yeah, well, you know, as a, as a cynic, I, I think that, that cheating is uh, is widespread. Although there's more there's more blatant stuff that you can't allow, like when the Astros were banging on trash cans and all that stuff. And I we've ranted a lot about that in the overnight. But you know, I, I've interviewed Bob Baffert. Actually, I used to have when I was doing stuff uh, years ago. I had to go out to Santa Anita here in L.A. and I, I uh, interviewed him a few times. And he was a very nice guy, Bob Baffert. But he's in horse racing by definition. Of all the sports, the ones that the dirt is the dirtiest is horse racing, and I love going to the track and you know betting on the ponies and all that. But I also know that it's a total crapshoot because we don't know who's getting the right cocktail of uh, of drugs and whatnot. But I I do like the about face from Bob Baffert, the uh, the backpedal drill at the, the NFL Combine where he uh, blames sabotage, and I love the urine soaked hay. That was one of the great excuses I've ever heard from someone caught in a cheating scandal uh, that the, the uh, horse ate the hay that was soaked in contain, you know, contaminated urine. But, no, Bob Baffert's uh, shady. Every, a lot of those guys in horse racing are shady. But ultimately, what's going to come of it, Bob Baffert's the biggest name in that business. Right? Are they willing to sacrifice Bob Baffert to make it appear, to give the illusion that, that just by getting rid of Bob Baffert, you're going to clean up horse racing I, I will believe it when I see it on that one as well because I, I don't believe that ultimately anything's going to come of this. He'll be you know suspended for a brief period of time, but I, I would be very surprised if we get around to the Kentucky Derby next year and Baffert's not at Churchill Downs. You, are you to the point now when you see anything remarkable happen in sports that you're a tad bit suspicious? I, I don't know if I'm completely there. But I do, you know, even like the Russell Westbrook triple-double thing, I couldn't take that seriously. I'm, a lot of people celebrating Westbrook in the NBA, just as an example for context, because I remember seeing those videos when he was in Oklahoma City, and they were totally stuffing. The, the, they were giving artificial rebounds where teammates were running out of the way of the basketball so Westbrook could could get that final couple of rebounds to get the triple-double. So, like, so yeah, I, I'm cynical. I, I always I want to make sure what I'm seeing is legit. Like when I'm watching something, I don't want to I don't want to be you know, hornswoggled into thinking that what I'm watching is uh, you know is is real and it's really not real. It's it's deception. Last thing for me, Ben, before we let you go, you alluded to your callers uh, and doing overnights. I know you you uh, get some uh, strange callers, and I I just this is my my question. This is my radio curiosity. Uh, what's the most memorable call you've taken? <laughs> In the overnight. Uh, well, I mean, it, 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 you know, this week has been crazy. I mean, I've had, I had a woman, my, my most uh, memorable caller of all times is a woman, Jeannie in Medford. She passed away a couple years, Medford, Oregon. But it's the funniest story because uh, she started calling me, this kind of old woman, you know, kind of a raspy voice, had a hard life. She starts calling me up every night. She's not even really a sports fan. And I found out that, 
she had gotten arrested for calling 911. She was just like a lonely woman. And she, so the people at the police department were like, hey, you should probably just call a radio station. So she uh, she found the radio station and she became this big, big star caller. But, yeah, I mean, I've had I've had uh, down the list this week. I've had guys that have uh, called up that work in the funeral business that have given me very graphic details about working in that industry, which is very ghoulish <laughs> in the overnight. I've had people vomit on the air. Uh, I've had I had Doc, uh, Doc Mike, my caller from Chicago. This is actually a great classic overnight radio story. So years ago, Cubs opening day, Doc Mike, my guy from Chicago, he calls me up. This is like right after I got off the air. It's the middle of the night, early in the morning in Chicago. And he's like, hey, he's doing play-by-play as he's dropping a, a bloody goat head off outside Wrigley Field. So <laughs> I, I wake up, right? The next day I wake up, and the Cubs opener had been rained out. And the, the lead story was, you know, somebody dropped off a goat head at Wrigley Field. The mayor of Chicago uh, at the time, Rahm Emanuel, was like, hey, we're going to use all police resources to just try to find out who put this goat head at Wrigley Field. And it was, <laughs> it was just a, a surreal, uh, surreal experience. Because on, on the play-by-play of what happened, it was pretty amusing. So you just don't even know what's coming when that phone line is hit. Uh, could no, be no, and we, you know, we uh, we do not have the most intense screening process because I think <laughs> because it's, you know you guys are big star afternoon drive guys. I'm an overnight guy, so <laughs> we have more leeway where we don't have the uh, you know the bosses micromanaging and all that. So we can have some more fun and kind of you know at least with the callers and trying to you know goof around a little bit with these guys. Uh, but yeah, we've had some real cartoon characters over the years that have called up. I think that's pretty cool that you develop relationships with these it's, folks. It's great. It's a it's a great part of the show. It really is. Well, thank you. I mean, they are part of it. You know, we don't have uh, – we're on the middle of the night, so we don't really have guests or anything like that. I, I save that stuff. I do a podcast on the weekend, so we do some of that stuff on the podcast. But, yeah, it's pretty much just me yapping and uh, talking to random people who drive trucks and work in mortuaries and <laughs> bake donuts and things like that. Well, I'll tell you what. If you're ever uh, looking for a great guest, my partner Gordon here would be happy to jump oh, yeah. on with you anytime. Uh, we'll, have to get you on the, we'll have to get you on the podcast one of these weeks <laughs> for right. sure. Well, Ben, thank you very much for jumping on with us. Uh, that was great to have you on the show, and we'll be listening. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Ben Maller, Fox Sports Radio. You can catch him from midnight to four right here on the Zone Sports Network. Doesn't really believe in the jazz. No, and uh, wants to kind of see it from Donovan Mitchell. My, I mean, uh, I get that point, but, you know, Donovan, he beat Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, for that matter, his rookie year. Yeah, but I think he's being held to a different standard now. You mean like doing something in the playoffs that only like three other guys have done? <laughs> like he did last year? <laughs> I mean, getting past the first round yeah. and the Which second round. Which he's done before, yeah. How about, how about a conference final showing? Uh, how about a final? <laughs> yeah, How about that, too? No, I, I hear it. Because, you know, when you ask him about it, do you believe in the Jazz? What do you think of the Jazz? Then they automatically go to the extreme. You know, can this best record in the NBA, is it the best team in the NBA? Okay, that's a high standard. And he wants to see it before he believes it fully. And really, that's a standard that the Jazz need to buy into a little bit. And they know it. They know there are people out there that haven't seen it yet, and so they don't believe it. Well, show them. He does get some pretty wild colors on that show. So uh, is there like a regular donut baker that gives him a call? He, he does have his regular callers, but he gets some, some you know, some out there stuff. 
The, the so sobriety level of most yes. callers is very low. Or questionable at very least. Yeah. yeah. And how does, how does Ben respond to that typically? Mocking them. He's usually. so good at it. Yeah, he is good is at he, it. Is he pretty rough on them? I don't know about rough. It's That, that sounds so mean, but, uh, you know, he teases them a little bit. How about that? Like what? He says uh, sober up? Points that out, yeah, that they probably should. I feel, I feel, you know, his producer Justin Cooper was the kid in Liar Liar. Oh, really? No, he was a child actor. He was uh, Max in Liar Liar. I feel so uh, unaccomplished as your producer now. He's had a whole other career. Why were were you you a child star, Austin? (laughs) Come on, Austin, you were a star in uh, in a play. You know, (laughs) yeah, not with Jim Carrey. Well, that didn't matter because Jim Carrey hogged all the money anyway. Uh, and I'm not so sure that a kid that young is really getting a role like that for their acting prowess. Oh, ho, ho. Coop's going to be all over you. I'm not trying to insult the guy. I'm just saying, you know. Look at you going after six-year-olds. Were, were Mary-Kate and Ashley talented <laughs> actresses or were they cute babies? I don't know, but they're awfully rich now. Yeah, they did cash and it in. awfully not messed up. I haven't been following, you know, I've been, uh, I keep up on my celebrity news. I haven't been following Mary Kate and Ashley much. But anyway, I look at, I look at, and I say, wow, he went from that to producing Ben's show and I'm still here. So, oh, oh, wear it like a, you know, like a badge. (laughs) All right. We'll get to more big show coming up next. Don't forget, Bowler will join us at five. We've got the Not Sports Report at 450. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Ben Golliver joining us, national NBA writer for the Washington Post. The question in every market is, can they win it all? Can the Jazz do it? Of course they can do it. They've been not only best record, but most dominant. It's been unbelievable to watch them move the ball, hit the three-point shot, play unselfishly, and play disciplined. Probably their hope is that they're going to be a team that is one of those five fingers makes a fist type teams where they're better than the sum of their parts. I don't think it's going to be anyone coasting through this Western Conference. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath, but the Jazz have to be in the mix, and if the Lakers aren't healthy, you could even potentially talk me into saying, you know, the Jazz are the favorites to come out of the West. And right now the clock is ticking big time on LeBron and Anthony Davis in terms of getting them healthy and up to speed. If the Jazz aren't the favorites to me in the West, they're right there. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. Tough night for the Jazz last night. They lose to the Golden State Warriors 119-116 to despite 41 points from Jordan Clarkson coming in off the bench in 35 minutes. He was 16 of 33. Coach Snyder talked about the importance of getting to the basket. Well, you know, different combinations of players have to score different ways. I, I thought Trent did a good job getting to the rim tonight. You know, they're a long athletic team that pressures you. You know, Jordan got to the rim, but obviously both are true. Donovan and Mike are pretty good getting to the rim. They're both quick, but we have to get to the rim other ways. I think Bogey's been getting there. We've got to move it and then you know, shift the defense and then usually drive the second side. But, you know, obviously it's something that we're conscious of because it, it creates other offense for us. 
The Jazz Magic number with Phoenix Suns is now three uh, with three games left to play. Up next, the Portland Trailblazers will be here at Vivint Arena coming up tomorrow night. That game will start at 7.30. Pre-game coverage begins at 6.30. This bottom of the hour Jazz update brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. So, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Hippos going out to our guy Lundy. The Hippos. Alex Lundberg, executive producer of Jazz Game Night, weighing in. Never heard of The Hippos. Haven't either, but he's a big ska guy. I like ska music. It's good. All right, Gordon, big uh, news nationally. Uh, don't forget Bowler joins us at 5, not Sports Report at 450. Uh, but big story nationally in the, the world of baseball, Gordon. Uh, the Oakland A's today said that they will start exploring the possibility of relocating with the blessing of Major League Baseball, a move that could put pressure on local government officials to greenlight a new stadium project that has spent years in limbo. But uh, I don't know if, if this is a threat. Major League Baseball appears to be on board. I don't know why the city of Oakland, if they didn't build an arena for the Warriors or the Raiders, would all of a sudden start building an arena for uh, for the A's. But... This is interesting. There could be a Major League Baseball franchise on the move. Oh, come to Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City will build a uh, a ballpark. I bet they would. I bet uh, they could uh, scrape together that. I don't. I don't know if uh, if Salt Lake would be in consideration though. I think it'd be uh, awesome. Portland, Vegas, where else? Those are the big two that that I hear. And what, the Vegas. What's one, the matter with Salt Lake City? It's not Vegas or Portland. I know, but it it uh, what do they got that we don't? Um. Corporate dollars probably would there be part of it. There are corporate dollars here. Mm, that used to be what everybody said, but now. I don't. I don't know if it's like Vegas or Portland because Portland has Nike that is part of yeah. the the kind of group that are clamoring to get somebody to town. They also have plans for a baseball, um, I guess, ballpark already. And then in Vegas, now that the kind of uh, you know, they used to not get the professional sports franchises because of the whole gambling thing, and now leagues are getting over it, and it seems to be a rush to Vegas. NHL already there, NFL already there. Wouldn't surprise me if uh, Major League Baseball might want to move into that realm as well. I mean, look at the NBA. They partnered uh, the NBA's gambling partner is Caesars Palace, right? I mean, they're getting big time dollars now uh, off of uh, off the gambling market. Probably a pretty smart business move to make it to Vegas, and unless. Uh, Utah gets out of the way of gambling anytime soon, which is not going to happen. Is Vegas's population is greater than Salt Lake City? About the That's same. Is it? Okay. Well, um, and Portland's a little bigger though, not tremendously bigger. I could look it up. But. I don't, is Portland a bigger market size? I'm not sure it is. Let's look. Yeah, let's look. At, what do you think, Mister Baseball? 
Uh, I mean, I've got a serious answer and a semi-joking answer. Why not Missoula, Montana? Oh, let's get Missoula. let's get someone out there. Let's, just so I have an excuse to to travel out there to see. I the love Missoula. I'm with you there. Uh, but Texas is quite big. You could fit another baseball team there in Texas someplace. But we're not in Texas. Uh, Gordon Portland. No. Oh, you mean what's my take on a team here? Yeah. Uh, my take on a team here is if hockey can work in Las Vegas, baseball can work in Salt Lake. I think it could work. I think it would work. Uh, all right, so Portland is the 22nd size. It is, really? Media market. Oh, wow, that's way bigger. Salt Lake size. City is 30, and Vegas is 39. Portland's that big, huh? Portland is that big. Well, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Portland's a worthy place. That's fine. Tampa might be looking for a team soon. <laughs> You think? You think the Rays are the on their Rays way out? Have been trying to get out of there for but, so many years. Then why would anybody try to get in? That's why that's a joke. Yeah, okay. Um, I think Salt Lake would be a terrific baseball town. I really do. I, I say that uh, earnestly. Where would you put the ballpark? Out in Harriman? Oh, I I I'd put the Is ballpark there, where where I what they I thought they should have done with the soccer stadium. The fair the park? fairgrounds, yeah. That's that's due for a facelift anyway. Is there a place downtown for it? I don't know. I don't see where. The fairgrounds. Uh, downtown. That's west of oh, downtown. Yeah. Fairgrounds aren't downtown. That's basically down. Are you are you kidding? It's like two blocks from where we're sitting. I mean Temple Square's under construction already. Can't you <laughs> squeeze in a ball diamond? Well, I look out I, yesterday, uh the other day, uh Jake, I looked across our landscape here, the sky uh skyline, and saw like ten cranes. Buildings going up all over the place. Why not a ballpark? You know the where Smith's ballpark is is that's too confined, isn't it? I don't know. That's that's why the good Lord made something called eminent domain. <laughs> oh, did the good Lord come up with that? Eminent domain, man. It happens. Start tearing. Bring tearing baseball to Utah. Houses down. Uh, I've read the Lorax. This is a real story. <laughs> I, I'd is love, there, I'd love to see it. I just, I'm not going to get my hopes up for it. I mean, I think it'd be amazing. Is there space over there around Little America, Grand America? Is there? There's that big parking lot that's kitty corner from that, but I don't know who owns that. It's tear down a few things for the good of all. <laughs> I just, I, I would hate, honestly, and this is just a sports fan of me. I, I mean, Oakland, that's a community that's lost two professional franchises over the past what three years. Oh, they've Three been, if you count the Warriors. I don't like it it's when been teams a, it's leave, been a, Jake. I don't it's like been a it. great baseball market. They've got a lot of a lot of fans there. I would I would hate to see that community suffer because their politicians can't get it together. And so, I see, and I am uncomfortable, by the way, with municipal with government funding stadiums. I don't like that concept one bit. But I would I would I am uncomfortable with these franchises leveraging moving to get what they want yeah. out of uh, taxpayer dollars. But at the same time, I would hate to see Oakland lose uh, lose the A's. Hey, like I said, they've they've lost a couple of professional franchises, and you're more familiar with uh, the California landscape than I am. But uh, you know, it seems like a community that uh, could use that uh, attention and tax base and all those sorts of things. It's hard to get anybody to agree on anything these days, you know. But. I mean, it's not like Oakland didn't benefit from Philadelphia losing the athletics to begin with, right? Right. 
Everybody comes from somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like to see teams move. I mean, I uh, I know that uh, uh, expansion teams are expensive and whatnot, but I, I don't like to see communities lose that kind of asset, like you said, for decisions made by people other than themselves. Did you guys have a problem with the Warriors leaving Oakland? Yes. I didn't like it. So this would be the Warriors, the Athletics, and the Raiders. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They've All lost splitting. two franchises in the last three years. Yeah, this would be a third. I guess uh, the Raiders were... Yeah, wow. Huh. So well, I think that would be unfortunate for that community. But you get what you, if you don't want to do what you got to do to keep them, then they have the right to leave and go somewhere where they'll pay for them to be. Which is true. Yeah, not not arguing that. That doesn't make it right either. See, no. the, the difference is that the customers, uh, sports fans are different than customers. There's more of an attachment. Yeah, We've talked about this There's an emotional before. thing. And, uh, yeah, and people say, well, it's your own fault for being so emotionally tied to these teams. Yeah, well, yeah, but when these things are passed down through generations, you know, dad took you out to the ballpark and you take your son or daughter out to the ballpark. So it's, it becomes part of your community. It really does. And it's hard to, uh, to shake that loose. And I, I understand it. I see where the cynics come from in all this. And these teams that get these advantages of what you are speaking, Jake, it is a little infuriating when, when they're making good money. But, I I mean, on the other hand, I would love to see a baseball team here, Major League Baseball team here in Salt Lake City. I think this community could support it. I think it would support it. And uh, I think it would, uh, it would better uh, better the way of life in our community. My only question would be, could they support it with that many games? Because, you know, it's one thing to put, what's the capacity of this building now? I know it's not 19, 9, 11 anymore, but it's still 18, right around. six. Still right around 19,000, 18, 5, right? And uh, you're talking 41 home games here, plus playoffs and preseason, which the, this community certainly does a good job of doing that. So you're talking about 81 home, home days. This is double the attendance and double the home games. You know, we're putting uh, 60 some odd thousand down at uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, right? And 50 some odd thousand up at uh, up at Rice Eccles, but that's for six home games a year. But you got how many people along the Wasatch Front now? You got uh, over 2 million? More? I think so with the the census. There's I think over that's 3 million in Utah now. Um and and the projected growth of this community? I'd be looking at Salt Lake City. How I, many, I how smell many, a column coming. How many people live in the Bay Area, though? Oh, a whole lot. A lot more than two million. Yeah, but like you said, there are political wranglings that are going on there that are beyond the people. Just under eight million in the Bay Area. Yeah, but we were talking about supporting the franchise. Yeah. You, were citing, I, you were citing the population, I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. I would love to see it. And, and you know what? If it came here, I wouldn't feel too bad for the good folks of Oakland. But it's not here, and I do feel bad for the good folks of Oakland. It stinks. And their their politicians are prioritizing other things than building a stadium for their lone professional franchise left in that community. And I, I kind of don't blame the politicians because is it their job to build the A's a stadium? But at the same time, I think that franchise means a lot to a lot of people in that community. Including businesses. Including businesses. I, You know, we could probably look up some financial study somewhere about how much money exactly professional franchises bring into these communities. And with baseball, there's so many games. I bet it's even more. I mean, there's all those people going, uh, you know, 
like, uh, for example, uh, I went to a Baltimore Orioles game. Well, let me tell you, that whole district surrounding that stadium of bars and restaurants, the only reason they exist is because of those baseball games. And you've got 40,000 people flooding out onto the street before and after games. wonder what's happened to St. Louis since the Rams left. They're, they've got the Blues and they've got the Cardinals still. But since the Rams left, I wonder what's happened yeah. down there. All I can tell you is I think this community would benefit from it, and I think the economy would benefit from it, and I think the quality of life would increase. So, uh, yeah, I mean, are there enough corporate dollars here? I'm not 100 percent sure on that. When I talked with Larry Miller about this, he thought uh, – I'm trying to think of when exactly we had that conversation, but it was probably, I want to say, 15 years ago. And he said within 20 years, he thought this community would be able to support it. I'd love to find out. With all that includes. Yeah, I'd love to find out. I just don't know if – I'm not getting my hopes up. Yeah. A lot would have to happen for the A's to come here, certainly. But Jake thinks there's a lot of pre-half and post-game shows on a jazz season. Buckle up for Major League Baseball. Who's doing the pre-half and post for the Salt Lake Athletics? We'd have to divide. We'd have to divide and conquer. (laughs) Will we keep it the A's? I've always loved the name the A's. The Athletics. I'll still hate them. Or should we change it to something else? Their color scheme is rad too. I've I've always liked those. The A's. Those green. Those green uniforms. Of course. I'm talking about the the shirt being green. I don't need the whole thing to be green, but. That's that's pretty good look. It looks like snot. I've got a an autograph uh, Ricky Henderson picture of him stealing a base in those greens. Yeah. You yeah. know you know the story of he and jo- and John Allerud, the guy that used to wear a helmet at first base. Yeah. And uh, he they played on two different teams. Oh, together. I've heard the story. This is a great story. And uh, John Allerud and he played in Oakland together, I believe, and then with the Mets. And when Ricky was, came to the Mets, wasn't it the Blue Jays? Oh, maybe it may have been, but when he came to that second team, he looked at John Allrude and said, "You know, I used to play with another guy that wore a helmet at first base." <laughs> yeah, didn't Allrude say, "Yeah, Ricky, that was yeah, me." It was me, guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stay tuned. We've got the Not Sports Port next. Bowler at five ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The Zone number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Who does the White Stripes go out to? Oh, you would ask me. I just... guy, guy on a Buffalo says the White Stripes... Yes, the band is still together, but they did get a divorce. I was going to say, aren't they married a brother and sister or something? They were married, but they're... They purported that they were brother and sister, but they had actually been husband and wife. That sounds weird. It's very odd. Yeah. Time for the Not Sports Report here on The Big Show, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? 
Well, we're not going anywhere, but I have in front of me information that I want to put to the test with you. Uh-oh. Has the global pandemic changed you, Mr. Jake Scott? Changed me how? In any way. Uh, no, I don't think so. According to a survey of 2,000 U.S. consumers found that the circumstances created by COVID-19 have made many people feel smarter, more open to new experiences, and uh, more conscientious, as well as disconnected from personal relationships. Well, that last one's not so good. Austin, do you feel smarter? Uh, based on losing certain personal relationships, yes. <laughs> like smarter how? How would you feel? Well, uh, this is how. They say that more people have been reading. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, for instance, on their computers and whatnot, discovering more about their world. Facebook. I. Are you more open? I Do you feel more conscientious? feel like I'm kind of the same awesome dude that I was last uh, <laughs> last March. Come on. It has to have affected you a little bit. It's made me bitter. Austin at all? It's made you bitter? <laughs> bitter. How so? I'm just kidding. Oh. I'm not really a bitter person. <laughs> Strangely, I actually, it's made me a little more fearless. Fearless? Strangely, yeah. Kind of almost like a, like a uh, samurai warrior where it's inevitable, like things are going to happen. So why, why why worry about it? Yeah, yeah. Just say bring it on. Are you are you less afraid of death? I've never really been afraid of death. Really? Kind of welcome it. Bring it on. When I oh I need a nap in do the worst think, way. Do you think it'll relieve you of responsibility? Is that death? Yeah. <laughs> huh. I just thought that was interesting. People have had an opportunity to spend more time at home. And uh, because they're not out with friends and whatnot so much, they've been busy reading online, increased uh, online activity, new hobbies, uh, and uh, people are learning stuff that they did not know before. Uh, let's see. Uh, a majority, 58%, say the media source they spend the most time on is either social media or streaming media. Comparatively, only 20% report spending the most time watching traditional television. So they are spending more time reading, but they're reading Facebook. 70% also started at least one trendy hobby during the pandemic. Are you, uh, are you doing anything you didn't do before? I started amateur tattooism. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a religion? No, it's... No, it's... Did you start a new hobby? Uh, no. That's a yes. No. No. Just not one he wants to share. I Sounds don't think like so. It. No. I don't think so. Let me see what the most, uh, the three most common hobbies being at home, home workouts, <laughs> half the people, baking sourdough bread or banana bread was 27%. Making whipped coffee, 23%, <laughs> and filming TikTok videos, 21%. <laughs> and while some binge shopped and accrued more belongings, 32%, 30% of individuals decreased the amount of personal belongings during the pandemic. Oh, what's this? 
Romance and relationships were redefined. 30% of respondents who identified as single, 72% say the pandemic altered their romantic outlook in at least one major way, with 61% having spent lockdowns alone. Hmm. A quarter of Americans changed their relationship status during the pandemic. The most common relationship change was breakup or divorce. It's not funny. Only 9% got engaged or married. Hmm. And the other percent found sourdough bread. 34% of Americans report their relationships with friends became less connected compared to 15% who became closer with their friends. Half of Americans reported making no new friends over the past year. I find that stuff really interesting. You don't. You look bored. No, I just don't uh, know where people get the time to answer these surveys. Good <laughs> heavens! What are the? It's the longest thing I've ever heard. Somebody asking me, well, let's let's talk about your relationships during the pandemic. Click. Says here, Americans are adapted a new normal, but they are excited to get out again. Get out. Okay, we will. Bowler's coming up next. Stay tuned. We'll talk a little jazz with Craig Bowler Jack right here on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. From the Sporting News, Vinny Iyer, we have a bet as to whether Tim Tebow will be on an active 53-man roster at any point this season just for one game. Do you think it'll happen? I don't see any way he lasts that long. Maybe that's not even going to be a test. Maybe it's just to get a Urban Meyer surrogate to be on the field there and kind of preach the Urban Meyer way. But to me, you have Trevor Lawrence. You don't need to bring in something like this. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a mature championship-winning quarterback. He didn't win the Heisman like Tebow, but all of the things in his resume are just as impressive when he was a college quarterback. So you have this guy that can come in and lead your team, play well right away, like we saw Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert last year. Just rely on that guy to be your leader. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 